Okay, let's try this again. Levels, levels. Dude, levels, levels <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean anything last week either. Oh, hey, speaking of good editing last week. Hey, thanks. I guess. I mean, I mean, it's more like producing, but you I mean, know. it's really more like clicking buttons. <laughs> hey, whatever gets you, whatever gets you a toddy, man. That's my slogan. We we did get some feedback on that, however. On the producing, the editing, as in there could have been some. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yep, yep. That's that's the message we got. Huh. Uh, I got a feeling this week's not going to be a whole lot better. (laughs) Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prince, where failure and editing is always an option. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, that's what that button does. Don't don't worry about me. I'm just trying to fix a potential audio problem in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> it's It's sort of like... I'm in a plane and I'm flying and I'm just hitting buttons right now. I'm wondering what this thing does. Well, does that does that eject a door plug? I don't know. Let's see what happens. Last week you had too many buttons. This week <laughs> apparently not enough. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. You just feel I didn't the realize. need to push buttons during the podcast. Once once I got a hold of the power, <laughs> I want to keep the power. <laughs> You're more than welcome to take it back over any day. Any day. <laughs> <laughs> uh what's in the show's in the show gotta love it uh feedback follow-up and updates do you want to share your feedback um, yeah yeah this is I, I think is this from two weeks ago the last Dwayne gets a number uh lisa let me know that the the seg the Dwayne gets a number segment where we were talking about mls referee and assistant referee salaries that could, that went on way, way too long. And that could have either been edited or quite frankly, just excluded from the entire show, but, but certainly edited. <laughs> I received similar feedback from Tyler. Number one. Yeah. Isn't the title of this segment, Dwayne guess a number. How yeah, many now, numbers do you guess them in? Thanks. In, <laughs> In your defense, yes, one third of the way through, I had you guess, I don't know, like your 17th number, and you're like, I, I don't care. <laughs> so you had even bailed out of the segment, but but I was I kept driving this thing towards the rocky shore. You were committed to the bit. You gotta appreciate that. There's more numbers in the article. We're not done with the article. <clears throat> I took the note. We'll we'll see if we can. That that might be a useful. That might be a note from the network that we we choose to to do something with, or or not. But maybe. How about you? So two other pieces of feedback. I'm about halfway through my Vertigo story. 
Yep. And I get, wow, the way you tell stories. Look, I called my brother, Mike, who's a doctor. I called my brother. He told us what to do. Then we Googled so that we could have a picture. We knew what to do. You weren't flat on your back the entire day. Okay. So look, look, the stories can be accurate or they can be entertaining. Maybe (laughs) sometimes they're not, sometimes they're not entertaining, but what I can guarantee you is most of the accurate ones aren't entertaining. So, so if there's an occasional, you know, embellishment, you know, just a, yeah, just something. Yeah. Literary license, right? Mm, mm. Do we have to go to Incompetech? To buy those too? Do I need to? Do I need to go buy? <laughs> Is our literary license expired? Oh, you were never issued one. Oh, oh. that makes sense. Oh. Yeah, we got your application. We listened to the podcast. We have not given you anything called a literary license. Uh, and lastly, uh, I referenced a Kaylee Cuoco vehicle. Yes, it's not a vehicle. She didn't get into a car. It's just a show. Or a movie. Just call it what it is. Okay. I mean, it sounded like you were in the biz at that point. Right? Yeah. I mean, mean, it is a Hollywood biz term. You'd refer to it as a vehicle, and I said that I would green light it, and we could go straight to production uh, or straight to series. Like, come on. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to make it sound like we know what we're doing here in the Hollywood. They do call it the Hollywood, right? Oh, yeah, crap. it's the Hollywood. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. the one. That's the one in Columbus, Ohio. The Hollywood. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Sarah Judson Brown sent me an article for Idiot of the Week. Excellent. We good. Good news. You don't have a backlog of those, so we could get to it right away. <laughs> the headline was Florida felon on the run found with fake cash inside box of chicken wings and gun authorities say and I'm like wow that could use I don't know where but I'm pretty sure there's a comma or six (laughs) was the felon found in the chicken box (laughs) (laughs) I'm like But it sounds like it's right up our alley. Okay. So I clicked on it. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm willing to do a lot of things for the show. Yes. Giving my email address to Fox News so that I can read this article. Mm, Not one of them. Nope. Nope. Not one of them. Good news. Still generated content for the show. Mm, There we go. So uh, winner, winner, almost chicken dinner. Maybe. I'm may, still not may, clear. Was the gun may, in the was the gun in the box, the cash in the box, the guy in the box, the Florida in the box? I don't under anyway. You know chicken, what? Don't care. chicken in the box. Chicken in the box. Also, yeah, I maybe. Jack? Was there Jack in the box? No. Danny is in for the castle off. Yeah. None of us are sure why Castle Off is funny. And yet. Oh, no, 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 no. I know exactly why it's funny. And I sent the image to you guys because when I hear Castle Off, 
which by the way, that's why I dropped I dropped in the episode the Kasseloffs are much more popular in Germany than they are in the United States. I don't know if you picked up on that. That's a reference. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. That now that he had to explain more, the joke. Yes. Yeah, you explained <laughs> the joke. It was kind of funny before. It's way more funny when I understand the joke now. Thank you. Thank yes. you for the explanation. Thank you. The, yeah. The picture I sent was a picture of David Hasselhoff. So when I hear Kasseloff, I immediately go to David Hasselhoff. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. What else did we get? Oh, I got a text from my cousin, David. Yep. Puffer cousin. <laughs> I'm crying over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, since, since that was our last bit of feedback, this isn't a correction. It's more follow-up, but I do want to, I just want to give everybody a little behind the scenes. Dwayne and I are going back and forth on, what are the, what's the title of this episode? And just so you don't, so you, so you, that you don't get the idea that we just throw this stuff out there. I literally started fact check. I'm like, Puffer Kusen. I know, I know, I, I took three years of high school German, which means I know almost no German. And yet that doesn't sound quite right for train enthusiasts. Like that a train should be a bond, not, or something. So I started doing fact checking and going, what does that mean? And then Dwayne starts looking. So now we're both fact checking. I couldn't find anything. So I, I know that Yvonne had said that it came from a, a Washington Post article. So then I went and found the Washington Post article and read the Washington Post article. So yes, now I'm reading the footnotes to our own show. At the beginning of it, the Washington Post said that this is what this means. And this is what people say. And I thought, well, the Washington Post probably hires better fact checkers than me. Not sure that's true. I just need that to. Be, I just need that to be okay. So I decided to go with them. However, if anybody else out there is going, I know German, and that isn't it. Because when you Google train enthusiast, translate to German, you do not get Pufferkusen. Here's what it actually means, and I'm just sharing it because again, we did fact checking episode two hundred three about the first time. Puffer means buffer. Okay. Okay. Kusen with the umlauts that we didn't put in the title because one, I didn't know how to type it. And two, I was afraid that would break some podcast players is kiss. So it's actually buffer kisser. Well, that's not train enthusiast. No, but in Germany, the buffer they're referring to is the space between the rails, right? Because there's two rails. So the buffer between, so, so that is, yeah, this isn't in a dictionary. This is just, anyway, there you go. Is that something that anybody here wanted to know? No, but I took time out of my day to learn it. So now everybody has to learn it. That's the way this works. And this is why we don't fact check stuff. As a train enthusiast, I would expect no less from you. <laughs> we got to get this right. Hey, this this is important. I, I didn't right. actually check which the gauge of the buffer is. Oh, I should have done that. Let me take no. a note. You know what? Just you do the show for a little bit. I got to figure out what the what the German rail gauge is here. Yeah, as long as we're in the middle of follow up, I guess. Yep. 
another Apple News article hit my feed with the headline, Woman Arrested After Police Found $2,500 Worth of Stanley Cups in Her Car. I got that one as well. Yes. You got that one as well? And I looked yes. at it and I went, oh, wait. Nope. I know this. I learned this last week. It's not that kind of Stanley Cup. But it led me to, okay, so if it was the kind of Stanley Cup I'm interested in, and not the other ones that you get at Target, how much would that kind of Stanley Cup be worth? Hmm. Todd, you want to... You want to take priceless. a guess? According to the it's, MasterCard, it's priceless. <laughs> Spending a day with the Stanley Cup? Yeah, it's it's priceless. If you had to melt the Stanley Cup down, and so based on silver prices, do you know what the value of that Stanley Cup would be? Do you want to take a you want to take a shot at it? This is not Todd guess a number or something. So I'm not, Todd, there's no way Todd ought to know this. Yeah. I don't know the number, but I know that it's in loonies. It's <laughs> It's, can you put it to music? Is it a Looney Tune? Uh. <clears throat> uh, it would be around $23,478. But hmm. I'm guessing it would cost more than that to craft a replica. That would just yeah. be the value of the silver, not the value of the cup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the the problem is, is you could probably get the silver and then you could craft it. But then um, spending all of your time putting all of the names back in is going to take a long time. <laughs> I also saw the article that that you mentioned, woman arrested after police found twenty five hundred dollars worth of Stanley Cups in her car. I knew what it was talking about, and I thought I got to read this article. Um, I don't know if you actually read the article. The picture. By the way, you know. You know, when police make a large drug bust, like on the interstate, they like take all the drugs out of the car and they put it on the hood of the police car to show yeah. like how much they got. The police did this with 65 Stanley Cups, the ones from Target. They put them all on the hood of the car, turned on the lights and took a picture of the haul <laughs> that they brought in. <laughs> now. The question is, having having 65 of these cups in your car, that's that can't be illegal. Like, I mean, somebody's driving by and just goes, wow, that's a lot of like, like, how did how did this person like, why did they get arrested? Because it's fine having them. According to the police report, staff saw the woman taking a shopping cart full of Stanley Cup water bottles without paying for them. She oh. so so this is what she did. She went in. She went into a store and um, took 65 cups, put them in a cart, and then just walked out like she owned them. She didn't. <laughs> when they said stop, she said, no, thank you, and then drove off. So anyway, there you go. That's, yeah. Did she even fake going through the self-checkout lane? Because that's how people normally do it nowadays. That was, that was... That was not covered in the article. However, because of the value of, again, these are 65 mugs, thermoses, but because they're worth a lot now, she has been uh, accused of grand theft because it's over $2,500. Um, $2, so 
anyway, there you go. Congratulations to the Roseville Police Department. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next on the list, Danny sent a thank you to Kevin mm. for the postcard that he got. Oh. I don't know if you can see this on if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, the winners, the toddy winners this year got a postcard uh, with a picture of us that says, congratulations, you're a winner. And on the back, it says, congratulations for win a, winning a toddy for whatever you want a toddy for, written in by hand by yours truly. And then Todd wrote the copy for the rest of it. It says, here is your commemorative postcard. Useful? Totally not. But then again, neither is winning a toddy. (laughs) Uh, It it was signed by me and Todd. And I don't know if you can see this. And by Kevin. Oh, that's so sweet. He tried to sign his name. Right. Yeah. The the K is backwards. Well, close. That's because he didn't swing. (laughs) Makes sense. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's a QR code on there and there's also a QR code so that you can go to Zazzle and check out our award-winning merch, including Danny's mug. If you would like a replica copy of Danny's winning mug, you can get that on Zazzle. So there's that. This is going to be bad if Danny's mug is our most popular (laughs) merch. (laughs) What else we got? You got, oh, you had one more thing in follow-up. Yeah, so we we have uh, we've covered the story of the of the self driving slash driverless cars in California, the taxis, et cetera, et cetera, that you know were causing all sorts of problems, including hitting people and shutting down and blocking uh, blocking intersections, seriously hitting people, seriously injured, injuring a pedestrian. After all of that, some people have started saying, "Hey, here's a quick question." Who who gets a traffic ticket when a driverless car breaks the law, runs a red light, hits a pedestrian, stops in the middle of of a lane? Anything that we get you and I, like, where does that ticket go? And according to NBC News, after some people started looking at the law, the answer is, according to California law, No one. The law is written for only the person who is driving the car. So if there is no person driving the car, the company that is operating it is not liable for their product breaking any traffic laws so they cannot be cited for any moving traffic violations because while the legislature agreed to let autonomous cars drive in the state, nobody went back and fixed the who gets a ticket portion of the law. So technology uh, moving faster, unless it's in a cruise taxi, then it's in a dead stop. But technology is moving faster than the lawmaking in California. So good news, I guess if you need to break traffic laws in California, just get an autonomous car to do it and then every everybody's fine. You put you put this story on here. Who gets a ticket for a driverless car? My reaction was, is the ticket for indecent exposure? 
Because as we've covered, same cars. It's the same cars. I want to make sure that's in there. How about, oh, Tech Corner, the Todd's Tech Corner, as brought to you by the Taylor Center for Technology Policy? Yeah. In our ongoing series of, hey, new update for Apple devices is out, uh, iOS 17.3. Actually, everything was updated, Macs, TV, Apple TVs, iPads, iPhones, watches, HomePods, iPod Air pros the first generation had firmware released anyway big thing if you have any apple devices you should probably update to the newest 17.3 or or whatever it is including your your phone it does fix some security issues that apple said have been seen in the wild you want to do that 17.3 also fixes we talked about this last year that somebody could somebody Pardon me. People have been in cities, certain cities have been caught getting your passcode, stealing your phone. And with your passcode, they can take over your phone and your Apple account and all of that. This version, this update includes stolen device protection, which includes an hour long delay for some of that to happen and requires multiple face ID scans or touch ID scans over the course of an hour. There's some other protections in it. And in theory, it doesn't require all of that. If you're at home or work, how does it know? Oh uh, no. So it's a really good idea. Uh, everybody should turn it on, but Amy, please don't like just, uh, <laughs> I just gotta be like, <laughs> last time I said you should change your passcode and, and, and Amy followed it immediately. And then we had issues. So, uh, anyway, that's there. It is not turned on by default. It is stolen device protection. It's in settings. You can read about it, but generally it, it's probably a good thing to turn on. How about you? Do you, you've got something here too. Yeah. Well, you said all devices. Yes. Not all devices. Because the iPad that I have, the latest operating system available for it is 15.3 on my iPad mini four, which is now at least four years old and maybe older than that. And so I called Todd for a consult thinking, "Eh, you know, maybe it's time to trade in my iPad. Maybe it's time to upgrade. So we had a... 30 minute conversation about the pros and cons of iPads and which ones are best and which ones are not. And if you're going to do this or if you're going to do that. And I was ready. I'm like, okay, fine. I've done my research and I've talked to Todd and I I think I'm ready to go. Okay. Fantastic. And then Todd says, except (laughs) Apple hasn't updated any iPads period at all for the entirety of 2023. So any iPad that you're buying in 2024 as of right now is still a 2022 version. So you might want to think about waiting. So you know what I did? I went and bought a new three wood. (laughs) (laughs) I can't come home with, I can't come home with this money. Okay. No, right. I was, it, it was birthday money. I wanted to spend it for my birthday. 
So I did. You know, I probably could have put this in what I learned this week. (laughs) Maybe I should have put this. When we get to what I learned this week, maybe just back the tape up. We don't use tape anymore. Back it up, play this again, and ignore whatever I put in at the end for what I learned this week. This week I learned that I bought a new three-wood. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So not all iPads can be updated, but eventually some of them might be. I'm just thinking there's a couple of people listening to this going, you you had money and you wanted to buy an iPad and you called Todd, who apparently likes Apple stuff, and went through everything. And Todd's recommendation was you may want to wait. Like, that's not his job. His job is to say, find the expensive one and buy that. Yeah. By the way, I mean, you said it was about a 30 minute conversation. It probably wasn't, but 30 minutes is what I wrote down in my, uh, in my hourly billing uh, app. It was, I was, <laughs> yeah. So that's, I knew I was going to get billed in 15 minute increments and it was right, definitely so longer than 15. It was, it was 16 and a half minutes, but yes, the, the invoice will say 30. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. That sound means it's time for America's favorite game. It's Dwayne, guess a number. Okay, hit me. Okay. This one comes from the UK. Always good for me. Yep. I I, I figured this is from the Times and the Sunday Times of London. You don't read that every morning, do you? Nope. Excellent. Okay, cool. So just setting the stage. While in London, you saw you saw Parliament, right? The building that everybody knows, right? Which is Parliament. which is technically the Palace of Westminster. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure, I'll take your word for it. Why not? Sure. It it's ra- I mean, there are pieces of it that are rather old. There was the Great Fire of eighteen thirty four that destroyed almost all of it. So there's stuff that. So the new parts were built after eighteen thirty four. There's a few old parts of it. However, a building that was built in the, you know, 1830s, 40s, and 50s, it's got some issues. There's there's a lot of upkeep. There are, you know, think like the Oakland A's stadium, right? You got some sewer problems. You know, you got you got toilets backing up. You got you you the building wasn't really built to pull fiber optic cable through. You know, there's a lot right. of work that needs to be done. I've been to Wrigley. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. They've known about this for decades and and they've just kind of kept putting it off. They've done a little bit of work to keep it from falling down, but they're they're like, hey, we really have to fix this building. And it's an old, ornate building. So you can't just tear it down and, you know slap up a Costco style building and say parliament, right? Like you got to restore it. So this is going to take a while. So I'm, I'm, I heard that it's doing us a number. I'm, I'm just going to say this now. There's going to be, I'm going to ask you for two numbers because there's two options here and good for you. There are ranges of these two questions. So you, you don't have to hit a target. Your number could be inside of this range. Okay. One of the options 
is that they move Parliament out of the building to do all of the renovations, right? Just, hey, listen, get the government out of there. Let's do all the work that we need to do. We'll go down the street to the Hilton for a year and a half. Sure. So, Dwayne, how many years... And again, I have a range, so you you get you get plenty of room here. How many years, if they left the building and completely dedicated to restoration work, how many years would Parliament have to be out of the Palace of Westminster in order to complete all of the work? It's got to be decent or we wouldn't be talking about it. Let's say 12 years. You get a half a bell for that. Ding. Actually, no, you get, nope, you, sorry, I misread that. You get a full bell. Oh, hey. Okay, fantastic. But that also means that I don't win Greg's five bucks. There is a second number. You get, you get your, oh, right. Okay. So according to this article, MPs and peers, peers being the members of the House of Lords, would need to move out of the building and find another place to govern for between 12 to 20 years. (laughs) Remember how long it took to put that porch on your back, on the back of your house? Yeah. Okay. As anybody knows, if you're doing a reconstruction project, if you move out, it's faster. If you want to, if you want to stay in place and maybe just move out occasionally, it generally takes a little bit longer. Dwayne, your second and final number is if Parliament insists on staying in the building, how long would it take to complete the renovation? 32 years? You do not get a bell for that. Oh. Your number is almost almost bigger than the range you had to hit. If Parliament insists on staying, it is estimated that the renovations will take between 46 and 76 years to complete. (laughs) (laughs) They they would barely be two-thirds of the way done when they hit my number. (laughs) Maybe if things aren't going well. Ouch. Wow. And I'm just... I'm just thinking about this. You're in a building that is falling apart that you have to do something immediately. And if the plan is we're going to do something immediately, but it could take us a total of 76 years, how much gets worse over the course of the 76 years? <laughs> like <clears throat> the, the thing that we fixed when we started fixing, <laughs> now we got to go back Needs- and fix it. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so there you go. So, Anybody who's thinking about doing a little home renovation, you know, just keep this in mind. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, okay, so that was good, though. We only had two numbers, and you got yep. one bell. Okay. So there you go. Congratulations-ish. Okay, <laughs> Congratulations-ish. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, how about how about the Scott Frost Memorial Idiot of the Week? I brought – Sorry. I mean, when you include 
Sarah's story about Chicken Man Florida style, I technically brought four stories, but we're already going to take Chicken Man Florida style off the table. Uh, yep, so I brought I brought my standard three. Okay. Uh, Jake's Pocahontas Lumber Kings. Yep. The uh, the story number two, come and go, but not for long. And story number three, Smoothie Operator by Shade. <laughs> you know what? I think it's time. You think it's I, time? I think I said last week that I was going to go with it and your audio was a little off. I, You know what? We're both in the studio. Like, you know what? I, th- I think I think this week feels like like the time. Okay, so here we go. Story, the last update on this story, January 2nd of 2024. The headline, Convicted Tree Thief's Right to Survive Trump's Iowa Law, His Lawyer Argues. So the, the short version of this story, a man in Northwest Iowa argued in court that he had a right to cut down trees on public lands because 800 years ago, there was an English charter that empowered citizens to take trees from public land. And because the land that is now the United States was once an English colony, that English charter still applies. You, I'm just going to throw this out before you continue. You got a earlier in the show, you made fun of Florida man. You got a lot of guff now, bud. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> The English Charter's provisions, which established rights of commoners to use public lands, are part of the United States' unwritten common law that the country retained when it broke from England. Here's my problem with all of this. The you have last one. Three, the, you have a problem. A well, problem. Okay, yeah. please. <laughs> the, the last three words broke from England. Mm-hmm. But the judge told the defendant and his lawyer who came up with this legal theory to he could go pound sand or, you know, chop wood, I guess, in this in this case. No, nope, not chop wood, not chop wood. No, no, you can't. That's right. No, no, you can't do that in this case. <laughs> Just pound sand. However, the judge said no. They appealed this time. The de- claiming that the defendant's activities can be summarized as cutting wood to rebuild his home and heat his home so that he didn't die from hypothermia. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wait, was that on appeal or on the second trial? That argument made. That would be or, on appeal. Or in the same, on appeal. Yes. But okay. still, still claiming that these are the acts protected by the Charter of the Forest. Okay. Yep. I I don't know who's the bigger idiot. The guy that decided it was okay 
to enter a state-owned forest and just start chopping things down willy-nilly because, you know, somebody said I could have this. Or the lawyer who decided to go 800 years into the past to claim that an English law applied in the United States. We can't agree on the unwritten rules of baseball. (laughs) And that's only like 125 years old. What do you mean I can't bunt? I don't care that it's a no-hitter. I'm trying to get on base. I don't understand this. Judge? And that's Aaron Judge, by the way. So the fact that that we're going to have to then, like. Uh Uh-huh. You can't apply laws from other countries in other countries. Well, my thought would be, just going to throw this out, like. All right. You want to dance? Cool. That is, uh, I'm going to need uh, 46% of your income going to be paid for both English income tax and the National Health Service to fund the NHS. Oh, that doesn't apply to me. Why not? I'm not English. At least he'd have health care. <laughs> for any ticks he might have. For you. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, so that's the story that we've been waiting six weeks for. Iowa man claims 800-year-old English law in his own defense on multiple occasions and keeps getting denied. Yeah. How about you? Man, I'm not sure I can top that. Man, that was worth waiting for. Like, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying that. Like, that's a, that's a great story. That's. Wow. Okay. I could have sworn, I could have sworn this was going to be about chipmunks, by the way, after you dropped a hint like two or three weeks ago, I, I could have sworn like chipmunks were being brought into court and like somebody was anyway, not what I saw coming, but still pretty good. So, uh, occasionally, um, to create content, we, uh, we, we put some, we got some money in a DraftKings account and we, 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 you, uh, because, because it's of, legal in Iowa, because of reasons you place bets. Uh, I'm just here. So a story in the Washington post has pointed out, we, we might want to be careful about that because the story starts with, with, uh, a better called Christopher Kozak, who he had put a bet at the hard rock, in maybe uh, Florida, I'm not sure where. The Hard Rock, ca- the Hard Rock Casino is now owned by the Seminole Tribe. Mm-hmm. He had three successful lo- long shot hockey wagers involving bets on a host of NHL players being held scoreless in the same game, and he oh he placed that bet in Tennessee. He won, and because there were so many bets within i don't know if this was technically a parlay but like all of these things had to line up for him to win and they did so he should have won one hundred twenty seven thousand four hundred twenty dollars however several days after the games in question the the casino informed him that they were going they were refusing to pay out his winnings because it was an obvious error and therefore, he wasn't do anything except a refund on the bet. So going through it, the Washington Post has found that this is becoming 
more and more common. If you notice, like on advertisements, a lot of companies put in that they don't have to honor prices if there is an obvious error. So if if a TV was supposed to be $1,000 and it somehow gets printed in the newspaper for $1, right. they don't have to offer that because it's an, it's an obvious error. They right. didn't mean to do it. They don't have to honor it. So the fine print for most casinos include that they don't have to pay for obvious errors. But what they're considering obvious errors now only counts after the wins when they can go backwards and say, oh, oh, the odds, what a number of them are doing are saying, if the odds that they offered, think about this, the odds that that casino offered were dramatically different than the odds of the other casinos. The odds they offered were obviously an error and therefore they don't have to pay out. Now, why would a casino offer different odds? Well, to encourage if you betting. Want, if you want the better to come to you, you offer better odds because that gets them to place the wager with you. But then if the odds are too much, oh, that's an error and we don't have to pay out. Now, some states like New Jersey, I believe, according to the article, are basically saying, look, you take the money, <laughs> you, you have to pay your bets. That's the way this works. But other states are significantly more lenient. And apparently, casinos are getting out of more and more bets after, only after the payout comes up and then they say, well, shucks, we shouldn't have done that. Now, surprisingly, what they're not doing is if you got, if you got bets, if you lost on one of those, they are not going back and saying, oh, shoot. Oh boy, that's those too bad. That was... Were- that was those our bad. odds were yeah those odds were way way out of alignment we should have never taken the bet here's your money they are only calling obvious errors on things that they have to pay out for anyway apparently now casinos don't have to pay out winning tickets so things are going great with sports betting in the united states at the absolute minimum they should have to pay the average of what every other casino was offering even if there's, even if they say, yeah, 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 okay, this was an obvious error, they shouldn't be able to just cancel it and refund your money. They should have to honor something at the absolute minimum, which I still don't even agree with, but could make that argument. Well, <clears throat> yes. I mean, what the, what one of the betters in the story basically said is, hey, do you know how you make money sports betting? You look at all of the places that are offering odds and you find the one, it's not the obvious error, you find the one that says if one place is offering 20 to 1 and one place is offering 25 to 1, you think, hmm, 25 to 1 sounds better than 20. You you look for the odds. The odds are the reason why you place the bet. So anyway, yep. Oh, and the story also points out that this is going to happen more and more because with in-game betting coming to the NFL, nobody is setting the odds, right? 
software is setting the odds. So like where the NFL is headed literally is to say, and other sports leagues, but the NFL is, is perfectly designed for this. You from your phone sitting in the stadium, it's third and eight. You could place a bet on a run or a pass. How many yards? Will he get under five yards? Uh, will he get the first down? Will they not get the first down? Those are all going to be generated automatically on the fly by computers. And then only after the game, then the company can go backwards and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we miscalculated the odds on all of those. So uh, we don't have to pay out any of the wins. (laughs) (laughs) Rule number one, house always wins. Rule number two, when in doubt, see rule number one. (laughs) But I won. Rule number one. We didn't we didn't build this place paying out winners. Uh really, really quick travel story. Uh I, I struggled getting home from California. Yeah. Which was the bad news. Okay. The the good news, I suppose, was that I did not make it home in time to ref. Between the four varsity teams. There was a grand total of 10 wins. The boys and girls from East have won three. The boys and girls from Lincoln had won seven. It was a pretty brutal night for the guys. And I, I felt, I felt kind of bad that I wasn't there, but I also felt kind of bad for myself for having to sit in the Denver airport for five hours. So, you know, there's, there was pain (laughs) on both sides. Uh, but I, d- I did make it home finally, eventually, uh, and quicker than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say about sports, you know, every night, every night you might see something you've never seen before. And you're like, I've never seen a zero to zero game at the finish. That that's amazing. I mean, you could have. I, yeah. <laughs> Boy, it was, it was, yeah. Yep. I'm getting, I. Uh, I was I was on a plane that had complimentary text messaging, and I so I was getting updates between games and at the half of what the score was. I'm like, oh man, that's too bad. On the other hand, as more and more of the uh, United fleet is getting grounded, you're just lucky you made it home at all without having to take Amtrak for six days. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I, I was not watching basketball. What were you watching this week? We just started watching For All Mankind uh, oh, on yeah. Apple TV Plus, on Apple TV and Apple TV. I know it 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 came out beginning of January, beginning of anyway. I think it's all the episodes are out now. So we started we started watching. I think we're two or three episodes in season four. You know, once again. It's, good still waiting still waiting for all the stuff to start happening i i will say this uh they have some special features in app in the apple tv app that to catch you up between the 12 years that separate season three and season four at the beginning of s s4 e1 they do like a recap but they actually have two or three minute little a newscaster giving like the news that happened that year that oh. like in that world. And so like you get like two minutes of news and then 
it then tells you what actually happened that year around oh. that topic. So it's it's telling you it's telling you what happened in the fake world, and then they're like, you know, we should probably be just real clear about what actually happened here. And so they they kind of guide you through what happened in between this between the seasons. So also, I'm assuming some of those newscasts are setting up plot points so that you understand them. You don't have to watch them, but we actually watched all of them. But the one thing is, oh, that's cool. They've got all these things. Um, you play one, start with 1996, and you play it, and it goes through, and then it finishes, and then it kicks you back out to the main screen. Oh, all right. Well, arrow over, 1997, play. Plays through, ends. Does it go to 1998? No. Does it offer to go to 1998? No. Kicks you back out to the main screen, and 1996 is highlighted again. All right. Arrow over twice, play. Uh, error over three times, play. Error over four times, play. Error over five. Twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Could we just play this? Is there a mega mix that I could I just play all? Could I? Who from Apple thought this was the right way to do this? <laughs> Sorry, that could have been an idiots of the week too. But no, that's what I'm watching. You know what I'm watching is I'm watching me and Kathy to navigate every three minutes to another episode and then remember which year we just watched. Anyway, how about you? What are you watching? We watch, I don't know if I've talked about this. The new season of Reacher dropped. Yeah, on Amazon Prime. Which is on Prime. So we, and it it was, it was a week after week kind of thing. And so we finally finished that last week. Really, really good. If you liked the first season, still really good. By the way, with Amazon Prime, enjoy your commercial-free shows for the next couple of days because uh, I think by the end of January, they're going to start putting commercials in the middle of your shows unless you pay, I believe it's $2.99 a month for Amazon Prime Plus without ads, et cetera, or whatever. So whatever you were paying, you get it with Prime, but you're getting ads now. So binge watch anything you want to watch <laughs> now because here come the ads. <laughs> So it's going to be Peacock or no, it'll be Hulu because we pay for Hulu premium without the ads, except for places where there are ads without it's the no ad plans, which they specifically tell you means less ads, but means absolutely not not no ads in no way, shape or form. Do we really mean no? Yeah. In this case, no does not mean no. Yeah. We also, uh, when I was on the plane, I couldn't get anything to work. So I had to watch whatever was available on the free entertainment system. Law and Order was on. And I watched season one, episode one of Law and Order from 1990. Do you know who the director of season one, episode one of Law and Order was. Carol Burnett. No. Look, not close. I don't know who not it is. So it's go, bi- it's okay. go big or go home. <laughs> Local Boy does, does good. Actually, John Weitzel from Iowa Falls directed mm. season one, episode one of Law and Order, which I did not know. That was another thing that I learned this week. And so, so that show, that show helped lead to uh, the Met. Uh, yeah. No. 
Well, his his dad was the one that invested in the Met. But oh. yes. Yeah. Yeah, not Jack. This is John. So and we also watched all three Equalizer movies with Denzel Washington, which we had never watched before. Hmm. And they're available on a variety of services, some with ads and some without, regardless of how you pay for them. Did you did you hear my wife cheering for the Drake Bulldogs in the background? Because that's also going on while we're here. Uh, apparently they're winning. I'm hoping. Uh, yeah, I, I was hope I, I was hoping that was Drake because otherwise I was going to say she is way way too invested in Survivor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go 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 go. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what? Can I? I know we're not editing. I'm going to take it. This is I'm going to take a second run at it. They're both going to stay in, but now that I think about it. <clears throat> Uh, I hope it was Drake because otherwise I think she's uh, way, way too invested in farmer needs a wife. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Okay. I know there's a joke there. Yeah. I just, uh, just somewhere out there. Hmm. Did you learn anything this week? Yeah. Yeah. Here at the, uh, here at the undisclosed location, weather hasn't been great. I mean, we haven't had snow, but um, it's been cloudy. It's been rainy. And this whole month has really been bad for for uh, for our solar system. And by that, I mean, I mean, our our our, the solar panels on our roof, not not our entire solar system. And, you know, we've done all sorts of stuff since we've gotten the solar system and everything. We're like trying to optimize usage and we've replaced some appliances and we put in the batteries and we put in some heat. Like we're doing all of this. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, you know, you know what you need to run a solar system. (laughs) I mean, you can optimize it all you want, but if there's no sun, it doesn't work well. (laughs) Like I'm just I'm looking at this like we're not producing anything. Well, look, we've optimized the house as much as we can but we can't optimize the sun. Like that's, <laughs> you know what you need? You need solar. <laughs> okay. Any, yeah. Anyway, I've so yeah, that's what I, that's what I learned this week is there is a limit to how much I can control. <laughs> and apparently the sun is beyond that. How about, how about you? What'd you learn? As part of this year's healthcare incentive program, that Amy and I are part of for her office. Uh, one of the things that we get to do is if you choose to, in order to take advantage of the incentives is a bio screening. So they ship you this kit in the mail and then you have to prick your finger and fill the card up with four drops of blood and then put it back in a package and send it back in. And you have to fast for eight hours beforehand. And anyway, so I did that myself today with the Lancet that they Hmm. send you in the package. Yeah. My finger still hurts. When I, when I have done these bio screenings before, I've always been in a doctor's office and they just draw regular blood, which doesn't hurt near as much as me. I haven't been able to type all day today. It's really annoying. I would rather go to the office and give blood than do this the way that I did. Like, ah, man, people that have to prick their fingers all the time, 
I I did not until today. I'm like, oh, that's really annoying. That has to be really annoying, really frustrating, right? No, no, no. I I can absolutely identify now with just one day, and I'm not doing it day after day after day after day on end forever. <sighs> that's what you think. Wait till you get the card back. Sir, we didn't get enough blood. <laughs> You're going to have to do this again. <laughs> The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast with visiting scholar Todd Prince wherever you get your pods. Just search Talkin' and the number two. There's no G and no space. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. You can stop by and see us at the Tube City Home Office. Please don't do that. Thanks to our listeners and our sponsors, Toddler3187, the Taylor Center for Technology Policy in dj to go Cedar Valley. And you can send us your feedback through a variety of ways, but most likely uh, we would love to get it through feedback at talkingtotodd.com. That way we can justify our website. Todd? I'm just thinking if you watched S1E1 of Law & Order, that means you got to see the originator of the righteous indignation Michael Moriarty, how dare you, sir? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, other actors channeled that and did something different. But if you if you want if you want the pure, raw, righteous indignation, that's early law in order with with Michael Moriarty. And by the way, where you were telling that story, I was like, huh, wonder whatever happened to him. I mean, I know he left the show in a huff. The official word was that he left. He said that he left because of then Attorney General Janet Reno was making statements about how violent TV was. And he did not. He was fed up with the, her and the government trying to censor the show. And so he quit, which it's like the dude known for righteous indignation quit his job for righteous indignation. In a fit of <laughs> like, righteous indignation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And was never heard from again. On the other hand, by the way, the the uh, Wikipedia says, actually, everybody else says, no, it wasn't that. Erratic behavior on set oh. led to his dismissal. But they let him, they let... Not yet. You, We're you, you're fired. You, sir, can't fire me because I I quit. I've been born to play this part. Oh, God. Why did we ever hire him in the first place? <laughs> oh. Would that be the law part of the order? I'll give you an order. Oh. <laughs> oh. Odds are we're cleaning something up next week. We are here, but we'll be back. We're talking to Todd. Sounds like you had better entertainment, though, on your flight than uh, Alaska Airlines is offering on theirs. What are you watching? The sky? Bird, birds? <laughs> birds. <laughs>